Hello, and welcome to Rule Mapping, episode 125. I'm your host, Am, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. What's up? It's gaming. I'm getting over a cold. Thought it was COVID. Not COVID. Got tested. Not COVID. Weird. Um, so if I sound a little weird or fluctuating, that's why. My apologies. Um, but it's gaming time. It's gaming hours. I've been in something of a gaming hole where I don't actually game that much, but I, I, I've been watching a lot of gaming content and it makes me go like, oh, what if I'm normal mapping was twice a week, which is stupid. We're not twice doing that, a but... week, <laughs> twice a week, Oh, not twice a week, every two weeks. That's I know me. what you, what you meant, but <laughs> twice, twice a week, <laughs> God, what were you talking about? Oh my God. What games can you even play in that amount of time? Oh, we're just covering itchios now. Yeah. It's Shio's in like in like uh, arcade games or like a new week every arc. We're just gonna play through the history of arcade games. We're like, yeah, this one's kind of just a, ver- a vertical shooter. It's fine, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I mean, mad that... at us because we don't. We have three days to talk about it, so we haven't actually like understood the game at all ever. <laughs> I guess there are, um, you know, twice weekly game podcasts. But we, we we we're not gonna pivot to news. Yeah, no, no. It'd be still a game club, just twice a week. <laughs> just twice a week. Just the not worst game club about. you've ever seen. <laughs> Well, I played it for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's all I could manage these three days I had to prepare. I'm working on the next game ahead of time. Yes. God. Yes. Um, speaking of news, <laughs> I'm not even, even going to joke about it. Anyway, how you doing? I'm fine. Um, so someone sent an email like, oh, I'm, I'm going to predict the uh, theme for 2022. And I was like, all right, we didn't talk about it on the episode. Um but we're here. It's 2022. Welcome. We survived another year. Hopefully we survive another. Um, and we've decided to do another theme year. Uh, we talked, we discussed our methodology and some of our choices on VoIP Life, which is a premium podcast. You can get at uh, patreon.com slash mapping for $10. It comes out every two weeks. I think it's pretty good. If you'd like to support the channel, we greatly thank you. And you get a podcast out of it. Um, but we had broke down kind of what we were thinking and our plans. But I am here to announce that this year is the year of handheld video games. That is what we're doing. That's right. Um, just honor bullshit. Uh, King of Dragon Pass counts because I think of it as an iOS game. It's our one phone game for this year. It's it's a little bit cheating. But, it's a little uh, bit cheating. It's fine. We it's we fine. had decided on King of Dragon Pass before we decided on the theme, and we just retroactively put Got it, it in. Yeah. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do handheld game in January. Who can say? Maybe we'll just round it out. Yeah. We haven't thought I, that I far ahead. Say. We don't. We we plan, but then we like you know six months into any plan, we're like, God, it's enough of this. No, this one's good. We're gonna do handheld games for at least twelve months, starting with this one. It's gonna um, be great. We got I get a whole to play list. In bed. Yeah, I um, I I soft modded my PSP. Uh, you know, fun things. I have a Vita. It's hacked, but I wanted the PSP. Yeah, it's really easy to do that to a PSP. For the record. You just drop a fake update in and update it, and you know, then drop another thing in to like make sure that the firmware boot like stays loaded, the custom firmware, instead of having to do it every time. So it's really easy. Mm-hmm. And then you just drop ISOs and like you just plug it in USB. I use the same charger that my mic goes into, like USB cable, because uh, that's the only thing in the world using was it mini USB at this point. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, I hate that every time I get a new device of any kind, apparently the entire fucking cable stand has changed. I think C is just going to be it for a while. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, but like for a while it was micro. Was it micro or mini? Which one was the recent one that was everything until it was Micro, I think, is the one that was most recent. Okay, because then everything switched to C, but then like Apple has switched to C, but on the other end where I was like, I could always rely on one end being A, the USB. A lot of, a lot of devices have switched to C on both ends. 
I don't Luxury. have sea ports anywhere. Like, yeah. where I can't. Like that. That's the one's annoyed me because I'm like, I don't have. I can't. You know, I can't create sea ports all over my like adapters. Everything's got a plug and a USB A because that's how USB works. God damn it. Not anymore. I don't understand. I mean, I do. I know exactly why this is the case, but uh, I mean, C is but, just better than A. Like, you, we want to get rid of A. Sure, but yeah, back in the ancient times when they were using sticks to farm land, you didn't wake up every six years and find that all ways that sticks worked had been replaced. No, but you were you were fucking playing with sticks. If you want to go play a hoop stick game instead of some video games, go right ahead, I guess. Bad podcasting I... material. <laughs> Complaining about capitalism is what I'm doing. I'm just saying that capitalism allows us to be here today to talk about video games. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so who you can don't... say if it's good or bad? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyway, did you actually play any games between modding all your consoles? And oh, absolutely. GDQ? Absolutely. But I was going to ask you, you first. I mean, I played a ton of games. Okay, I guess I'll go first then. So I um, I said I wanted to get into horror games this year. Uh, I think I said that last episode. No, maybe that was the VoIP Life. I don't know. People should listen to VoIP Life. I don't know what I talk about on which podcast. <laughs> the, the problem with doing a premium podcast, uh, which like, I promise you, anything that's on there is like, you know, ancillary. It is like a bonus and we enjoy it, but it does mean we don't remember what we talked about. So yeah. if you're like, oh, stop bringing up the premium one, I understand. We talk I about games a lot there is the problem. So, because yeah. um, this is only once a month and we watch gaming content all the time and think about video games way more than we actually play them. Um, <laughs> so true. Anyway, I said I wanted to play some horror games. I was looking for recommendations, um, and I was recommended Nanashi no Game, also known as Nameless Game, which is a DS uh, first-person survival horror kind of game, um, and I played through it. Um, played through the whole thing. It was spooky. I don't know how much resiliency I have for horror games still. <laughs> um, and that's a game in which, like, it's like The Ring. Like, you know, you see The Ring and you die in seven days, or you see the videotape or whatever, but instead of videotape, it is a network download Dragon Quest kind of game that you, you get over the air for your DS that someone sends you, and you're, like, stuck in this weird, like, six, like, eight-bit kind of RPG town, um, and weird stuff happens, and after seven days, you die, and that's what happens to people, um, and so you're going, you're, you decide to investigate with the help of someone else who saw this and you're trying to figure out uh, what has happened, why there's a ghost in a video game uh, while you're navigating in the DS part of the game, like first person, you, you know, you kind of play it like a book um, running around um, like, God, what do I want? Like 3D effects where you're like steering, uh, on one screen and then like the you see the whole view across both screens it's like kind of disorienting it's like really interesting um and uh it's weird because then it like it's spooky but then when actual ghosts show up it becomes like a stealth game where you're just like avoiding the ghost patrols which i think takes away a lot of the fear factor and just kind of makes it annoying because if the ghost hits you you're dead there's no like it's not like Resident Evil where you can get hit. You can get bit by a lot of zombies and not be a zombie. Um, but um, it was all right. The story's like really pat, but like the 3D on the DS is like a really specific look that is just 
fun. I have a lot of nostalgia for it, even though I don't, I didn't like it at the time. I still think it looks kind of ugly, but it's, I'm very nostalgic about it at this point. Uh, but, yeah. um, it was, it was good. It was like, you know, it was a very pat story about like, uh, the ghost is a girl whose dad was a game developer. He spent all his time or his, his, uh, wife got murdered and he, he spent all this time on the game. So the ghost, like the daughter died and her ghost inhabits the game to punish her father for spending all the time on the game. Even though he made the game as like a tribute to his wife and daughter. Cause he put them in the video game, um, sort of stuff. <laughs> Very yeah, obvious. Ghost story. Out. Yes. Yeah. No, I, uh, uh-huh. Nodding along at that one. Yeah. Nope. Uh, it seems cool. Uh, yeah. I, I look at it. I'm like, damn, the terrible 3d on the ds that was great yeah it's like uh really impressive because i'm used to much shoddier 3d than like this game um it's weird mm. this never came out in america um i think of the ds as the platform where like almost everything came out uh but this one was not it yeah at least until like everyone had our four cards they were actually yeah. bringing everything out <laughs> yeah. for a while there yeah um it has um two like dsi sequels uh, sure but- yeah, which I did not have time to look for. And there was a iOS sequel also that came out in 2012. Damn. Which I'm sure just doesn't run anymore. Because <laughs> it's a fucking 2012 iOS and Android game. Oh, yeah, that's that's dead. That doesn't work. That's gone. Yeah. You know, published by Square Enix, so. Triple gone. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there's fan translation. If you're looking for a spooky game on a, on a DS, that's the way to do it. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then I also have been playing, I was playing right before we were recording, Sonic Generations. Um, Check it out. Which Sonic. Got, which got FPS boost on Xbox, so I've been playing it in glorious 60 FPS, 720p. Um, it has been 11 years since there was a good Sonic game. 3D so Sonic play, game. I played this game maybe like two years ago at this point, three years ago, something like that. And... Um, I like it a lot more now revisiting it. Like, I liked it at the time, but I really liked the modern Sonic and didn't really like the classic Sonic. And I'm just kind of vibing with both of it now. Um, it's a, it's just really solid. Uh, like, I'm, like, part like halfway through or whatever, but, like, the the way in which it re-envisions, like, I did the shadow battle this morning where it's, like, the thing from Sonic Adventure 2 where you're running on the, the big space station. Um trying to like gather abilities to go not quite supersonic but fake supersonic and shadows doing the same thing it's like a nice like bespoke mechanic thing um the city escape level that's just the the truck like barreling across like the truck like gets rockets and goes airborne and is like riding on the sides of buildings after you and stuff the way they turn up the levels from those 3d sonic games is just very fun to me i like it a lot having a great time uh yeah such generations is incredible just yeah. uh those levels are like they're fast games about four hours long i um, don't like all of the challenges that unlock once you complete the levels i think mm-hmm. most of them are bad it's like oh go this level but now on certain parts of the level you can summon tails to dig up like coins for you and it just slowly like you're not playing as t- not tails knuckles you're not playing as knuckles there's no knuckles levels it's just like here's knuckles as like a special power to slow the game down for you great just what i want my sonic game um yeah, I, d- I don't think I've engaged too much with that. Whenever I play, no, no, no you have to do through. you have to do one challenge for each stage to get the keys oh, to unlock the boss doors. But right, um, the other than that, you keys. can ignore it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. No. I, I. It's all coming back. So what that means My- is I, I pick classic Sonic because classic Sonic has really easy challenges like just like do this whole level under a time limit with running shoes or something because there's not classic Sonic is very mechanically like light, um, and so I just run through the level again and I get the key, so it's fine. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's 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 a really good game. If you have a Xbox, the the that modern version runs fucking great. Uh, yeah, it, it, by all accounts, it's better than the PC version. Yeah, because I'd originally play on PC, and I'm having a better time now. Yes, because I was always playing it there. Because you know, I'm not gonna play Silent Generations in 30 frames per goddamn seconds. Who yeah. do you think I am? Yeah. Um, the frame rate genuinely helps. It's fucked up. Normally, I'm not super sensitive to it, but Sonic. Sonic, matters. yeah, Sonic it matters. Sonic's all about yeah. fast scrolling backgrounds, which is like yeah. the thing. Yeah. So that's good. I also picked up Unleashed, but I have not booted that yet. So that one tragically does not have. Uh... Wait, is that sixty nine? Did they get in the last boost? Yeah, they got in the last boost. Okay, because I I played it and then I was like, damn, these Mis- levels Mr. Are great. Digital Foundry said that it was an incredible way to play Sonic Unleashed as long as you didn't mind the part where Sonic Unleashed is kind of a bad action game when it's not. A oh, Sonic I'm re- game. I really, really mind that. I significantly <laughs> mind that. I've, I've, played, never, I've so, literally never played Unleashed, so I'm excited to play it. My experience of playing Unleashed was, oh, you know, this is fun. You know, ridiculous cutscenes, cool, great first level, just even running through. Then, you, then the night falls and you get to the Werehog bit, and it's like, this is the worst action game I've ever played. And it goes on forever. And every, like, it's not like, oh, I can kind of go through it fast. No, I have to beat up every guy till the, the like, door goes down because they're all gated off. Um... And I didn't play any more Sonic Unleashed. If there was like a button to turn off the Werehog levels, I would just have played that game, but alas. Well, I'll report back. Probably not next month because I'm busy, but eventually. Mm-hmm. Sonic, it's good. Sonic we should the make Hedgehog. a new Sonic game. Uh, well, they are. Nope, nope, no, they're not. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Uh. We're all we're we're going to play it. We're going to play it, and then we're going to come into this podcast, and we're going to complain about it, and that's just what's going to happen. I don't think I'm going to like get get pay seventy dollars to buy it at launch to get it though. Um, I guess not. It, Sonic yeah. Forces I bought at launch because one, it was like forty bucks. Oh right, it was like <laughs> twenty quid for some reason. Yeah, well, that's because it's a three hour game that's like barely held together. It's like it doesn't even work. Yeah, but I love but it. I, it was great. Don't get me wrong, I, but I love to fist bump, but that's barely a Sonic game. <laughs> yeah, like I understand all the critiques. So I, I feel like everyone's mean because it is really good to press the fist bump button. Yeah, it's it's but. fine. It's like a boost game. Like the gameplay is pretty solid. You know, they can't fuck it up too bad. Hmm. There's just no levels in it. Yeah. You just go down corridors and press X. Yeah, it's fine. That's all I want to do, really. Um, Your turn. Me, my turn. Oh, for games I've played. Okay, where do you want to fucking start? I've been gaming. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I, I need to start noting down what games I had played at the time of the last podcast. Yeah, you I need have... a letterbox for games, but not the one that exists. Not the one cause... that exists. Uh, I just need to note down what I talked about last time. Um, uh, I guess we do that on our on our website. I guess we do have a things discussed. Uh, anyway, uh, I played a bunch of RPGs. Like after Moon, uh, I went and played. Uh, okay, Dragon Quest Two, Final Fantasy One, East One, and Dragon Quest Three. That's where we're at right now in this year of JRPGs. New Great. JRPGs. Would you please tell people which versions of those games you played? Because famously, all of these have multiple versions. Okay, I played the Switch versions of both Dragon Quest games, mm-hmm. uh, which are the versions to play. Ignore everyone else when they talk about the other versions being better. They're just mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, I understand. It looks ugly. Uh, Dragon Quest you... is perfectly fine. Fa- Dragon Quest 1 through 3 are perfectly fine on Game of Color. I played 1 and 2 on Game of Color. It's a great way to play those games. Uh, let, Dragon, let t- Dragon Quest 
Like, actually, as Dragon Quest, I totally think the NES version's fine. Yeah, I, they are fine. But, like, the thing that I want is the, like, charm of the modern localizations across the Dragon Quest. That is the thing I'm enjoying. I enjoy it when the, the like, characters talk to me and they have their, like, ridiculous language and they've gone in and made, like, ludicrous localization choices. Like, yeah. this enemy is now called... Um, uh, you go find a, one of the first bandit bosses in uh, Dragon Quest Three, and he's called uh, Robin, as in R O B B I N uh, yeah. Hood, but like Ud. So like ex- <laughs> apostrophe at the end of N, and then before the O, it's Robin Ud. Robin Hood, because uh, he's Robin. Oi, it's uh, Robin Hood. It's Robin Hood, and it was just good, just like a good bit. And um, yeah. obviously, that's not present in uh, uh, any of the prior localizations of that game. Um, they just kind of like thoughtfully done a lot of that stuff. And I think it's yeah. good. Um, uh, I will say three is getting that version is getting blast off face of the earth. Whenever that yes. remake comes out. <laughs> right. Cause it's not like the, the version with the good localization has like, good it graphics. doesn't look anything like the, the old guess so you're already yeah. abandoning the graphics. So yes, as soon as the new switch version comes out, that'll be the version of three you want. Yeah. Um, but you should play one and two first before you go into it. Uh, is yeah, my I mean, you don't project. have to. Like, whatever. We're not here to be your mom. But I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, then I played the um, PSP version of, Final, version of Final Fantasy 1. Yeah, easy game. Oh, that's barely a video game. Yes. <laughs> um, I did not do the bonus content in the end. Yeah. Uh, I, like, messed Boy. about with it. And then I was like, eh, eh. Because uh, Final Fantasy 1. And I've, I've played enough of the NES games to, like, actually be able to talk about this. Is uh systems wise not a super interesting video game um, yeah i think the spell charge stuff is interesting but that's about it yeah like the the ultima-esque dungeon crawling attrition is like uh it gets across what it needs to but it doesn't have like they try to expand the final fantasy one combat system into something that can sustain long deep detailed puzzle dungeons and it just can't it, it just cannot do that it's just not yeah. built to do that um even the like changes they make to like because they made the game easier right for the uh, PSP remake, but then they boost all the bosses in HP by like six times, yes, um, because they have to account for it, which just means that the bosses go on too long because there's no like mechanically interesting thing. It's weird. Uh, Modernizing that game is strange. Square Enix makes baffling choices whenever it tries, uh, so across all angles it's weird. But uh, I had a good time. It's it's fun. It's fun. Fancy one. I like to <laughs> fly across the map and talk to the elves. Uh, Bahamut. Bahamut. No, not in that one. Chaos. No, don't you? Bahamut gives you your class upgrades. Oh, right. Yes, Bahamut is King Bahamut in the... He's the dragon under the in the thing. Yeah. Before there was Bahamut Summon, there was Bahamut the dragon in the... Yes, no. Yeah, I, King I did dragon just play sends this. his regards, which was King four dragon. warriors of light. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I had a good time with that. Uh, I think I enjoyed... I think it's probably the least favorite of the ones from this playthrough, but only because I'm just going through the, like, bangers of the late 80s RPGs. Yeah. Uh, like, they, these are all great games. Like, I really liked East 1. Um, yeah. Uh, East 2 is up soon. I'm excited for you to... I mean, those are... They're packaged together for a reason, because, yes. like, they're just one big game. Uh, that, that one's up before I, I next have time. Yeah. Um and then dragon quest 3 i just i just think is a masterpiece i think it's like one of the, the best rpgs i've ever played that's how um, i feel about four and five so i bet you're just gonna have a great time when you move on with dragon quest <laughs> yeah no like people say that about four and five and i'm like yeah i, I believe you. if this ki- if this team just kept doing this then yes 100 percent. don't even slightly doubt yeah uh, my advice to anyone who's gonna play three which i said on uh void life but like you know if you don't look subscribe to that if you're gonna play through the new one do not use a guide uh 
ask people for like hints if you have other people who have played it um i know like people might be asking the discord but like the interconnected world structure and putting things together is the game of dragon quest it is not like a modern rpg where you need to make sure you have the items to engage with the systems dragon Uh, quest 2 use a guide dragon quest 2 use a fucking guide um nightmare game yeah the thing the thing after three is like all the games after that party chat so it helps a lot in terms of this specific thing of where the fuck do i go yes uh when i play four i'm gonna play that um ds uh combined version of party chat yes uh, which i know has like a few visual bugs but that's fine i'll um, yeah i'll take that yeah uh so that's very exciting but yeah, yeah. it's just been rpg month then i was um finishing up dark souls uh, <laughs> uh oh how, tell me now that you're done how's dark souls uh it's f- good it's the it's good i think you're not done you're you're, you're not done i beat gwyn oh did you shit i, I didn't even gwyn. see you post about this no because i just last i saw you would beat sif and i was like oh so, you're so always on i got to anor londo and then like last night i got through the entire backstretch of the game in four hours oh okay damn this is news to me <laughs> gamer you're just like mlg here well, molly no, so, be proud so, I, no, but it, it, here's the thing: is I was following a build guide, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then once I got to Analondo, I basically was like, "I'm ready. I'm like, I'm, I'm stacked. I have the levels." And the game just kind of like, if you know what you're doing, it folds beneath you. Yes, yes. Um, and then I started like role playing as a game. <laughs> uh, in the I know the plot of Dark Souls, right? Yes. So I was curious: will the will the Video game Dark Souls tell me the plot of Dark Souls, and the answer is no. Because <laughs> um, I didn't do you know. Want, do, you, do you want to kindle last fire? You have to figure out if you know what that means by the time you get there. You don't know if you are following the advice of the game. You don't know what that means. So, like, I know intellectually because I've played Dark Souls. Uh, not because I've just talked to people who play Dark Souls. I know who Karth is, right? Yeah. Uh, and, oh, you, you only I, saw Frampt, didn't you? I only saw Frampt. I talked to Frampt, yeah. and I said yes when I because there was no indication yeah. that I shouldn't say yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I, I was like. So I, it's some spoilers for Dark Souls, but you know, it, I assume it's everyone's fine with that. Uh, I went to Analando. I was like, I'm just not going to kill Gwendolyn. I'm not going to like worry about this stuff. And I'm going to go up to the um, uh, uh Guinevere. I'm going to go to the Gwendolyn thing and like in the underside uh, where mm-hmm. you can join his covenant. And I'm not going to go in. I'm just going to follow his advice because so far everyone's told me the gods are good. Uh, and then I like went to kill the four lords, and I just did. And the game never like pointed me to the DLC. I didn't do the DLC. That's the thing I didn't do. DLC um, sick. It's weird, but it's sick. I've so. seen, I've seen. You Dia should, play it, so you like, should just, yeah, you, you should just watch me and Dia go through it. I, I have, I, I've, okay. I've, I've seen it. So like, I was mostly just wanting to be done so I could probably play two or more likely just play Elden Ring in a couple of weeks. God, that um, area in the DLC, you watch the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the DLC. That area where you go in and there's just humanity, just like in a pit, the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I was losing my mind. Um, so that's so that's the actual thing is that like because I know about Dark Souls and I've heard about it, uh, it, it was weirdly unsatisfying to play uh in a way where i'm like narratively i think that game's really interesting and i i wish i could be an uh, i can description reading guy i don't think i can for this one because i already know all the answers right so i'm like maybe if i just get in on the ground floor for elden ring i could just enjoy it like a normal person um i might skip to it so we'll see i mean you uh, could do that the actual thing that's going to happen is twitter's going to make it impossible for you to. yeah that's the other thing is like bec- i don't know i don't really have a central thesis here other than uh it is. There were there were still moments that I I where I read an item description. I thought, wait, hang on, this mentions the firstborn, and the first, there must be that statue that's missing, and you know stuff like that. Yes. Um. Uh. Which is all very simple stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
and I, I totally see the appeal, but like culturally, it's been a decade of Dark Souls being everywhere, and it's like a solved issue. Yes. Um. So, like, Dark Souls the video game and Dark Souls the like collaborative culture event are two radically different things, and both enjoyable in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think I'm there. I think I'm like finally ready to actually get Souls Brain. The game. It was kind. Of, it's funny. After the part where, like, I stopped when I played it last time, like, the game just gets easier and easier and easier. Like, it doesn't actually get that much harder to dodge the guys. No, actually, uh, I think the, like, early third of Souls is typically the hardest part. Because eventually, you, if you know how to make a build, eventually you just become impossible to, stra- to stop. Yeah, and that's what happened to me. Like, the late game bosses were not that hard. Like, the Stray yeah. Demon was really annoying. Yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, Better Chaos was annoying, but only because it just kept sending... Like, I, I would take out one of its mario things and i'd go back to the bonfire oh the bed of chaos is just like it's high random and it's just a pain in the ass so yeah. like but like the you you can do it you can damage it between like it it's damage stays permanent between runs yes. yes um so i just like okay i i took out one side died took mm-hmm. out the next side died uh this is um, how everyone does bed of chaos so yeah basically that's a run back over all the lava mm-hmm. um and it was, it was it was very cool. Um, and I just I just realized that like yes, uh, I've got it done. I know about Dark Souls. I'm ready to like play one where I'm uh, less familiar. Whether that's me trying to, uh, which I do vaguely know the story of, but not to the in- intensity of uh, Dark Souls One, because mm-hmm. um, it's not it's not it's not like my normal thing where I'm like worried about spoilers. It's specifically like th- narratively, Dark Souls relies on you trying to fill in empty spaces. Yes. Uh, and peeking at those is like the interest there. Uh, so whether I try to move on to two or whether I just say fuck it and skip to Elden Ring and try to get on the ground floor or Twitter annoys me too much, we'll see. Uh, but I think I have at least successfully broken through the wall of being able to just be a Dark Souls person. Yeah. So that's that's fun. Sekiro awaits. That one I'm not skipping. To. I mean, I will play it, but like I can't play that before Elden Ring. No, no, no. You, I, if, <laughs> if you bounce off Elden Ring, then maybe Sekiro. Yes, because I would love to play it one day, but I'm like, I'm not trying to like play all of them before Elden Ring. No, no, no. Um, because my my goal, if I'm gonna play it, I'm either gonna play it in like five years or I'm gonna play it in a month. Yeah. Uh, and there's no in between for me. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I was doing, just gaming all over the shop. Fair enough. I guess we should talk about our game club. Yeah, let's talk about our game club. King of Dragon Pass, which is a 1999 strategy simulation video game published by A-Sharp, 
designed by David Dunham, Greg Stafford, Robin D. Laws. Um, the version we that I was playing, I think Jackson mentioned the this too, is specifically the 2011 iOS re-release of the game. I didn't move over to it. I was playing the Steam version of this version. Oh, right, yes, which came this, out in yes. after that. <laughs> yes, the um, Steam version, I think, came out in 2015 um, or something. I don't remember exactly when, but yes, the iOS version like eventually uh, just made it over to Steam. Yeah. Yeah, 2015. Um, and yeah, so we both played the same like modern version, which has like a bunch of new events added. Yes. Um. So the so this game is like infamously popular among like strategy role-playing weirdos that we know, <laughs> but was That's famously right, you're like a, famously like an obscurity. Um, but I knew about it because our friend Austin uh, kept talking about it as long as I've been aware of Austin Walker. Before your friends, like when he was just a like, personality on the internet, would just talk about this game. And I was like, this seems kind of cool. I'm always looking for mobile games that are like interesting. But then I look at it and I'm like, oh, this is like a this is like a video game. This is like got numbers and like tactics and shit. Uh, and never loaded it up. Um, until I was like, let's do I want to do it for the podcast. I think it'd be fun. And here we are. We have played King of Dragon Pass. Um, Jackson, what's the plot of King of Dragon Pass? Um, so the plot of King of Dragon Pass is that you are a clan uh, of some of the Olanthi people, which are a people uh, in what is the name of, uh, it's begins with a G, the, this tabletop universe that it's building from. Oh, Glorantha. Glorantha. Uh, they're uh, like, um, they're like Vikings, the kind of, uh, you worship Olanth, who is the storm god. Uh, and it begins with like some uh, slightly choose your own but um, mostly set in stone like myths about how your people came to be, uh, how Orlanth like created uh, uh, like your area, and then you like went to Hjortland, which was named after a king because even though you still worship the gods, the people had like had their own heroes. And then the pharaoh used up the king of uh, Hjortland, and your tribe decided to leave to Dragon Pass, which is an area uh, where some dragons convinced people to move and then killed them. Uh, and that was 200 years ago. And no one set foot in Dragon Pass since until some people do, and they realize it's safe. And they, some people decide to just move out from there Hjortland where it sucks to Dragon Pass where there were dragons and it was dangerous but I guess it's not anymore and let's see let's see how things are and from there like uh the story then becomes um very uh randomly generated in that um you control this tribe uh or this clan that will then form a tribe and then if you're playing the long game form a kingdom which I did not do uh but that is the narrative progression as you go to Dragon Pass uh you um control a clan and through a series of events and storylines that get presented to you through these events uh some of which are like completely random some of which just like seem to happen onto everyone like everyone meets the fucking ducks uh and um, you attempt to unite uh you attempt to control your clan and unite Dragon Pass into like a single uh unified people uh and that is the goal to become king of Dragon Pass that's kind of the plot uh as like you know you have to complete the hero quests to like uh, achieve this destiny um and unite the tribes 
uh the hero quest being like reenactments uh like religious reenactments of the myths that you find out about through the course of the game yeah um so the game itself presents as like a a not quite a city management but almost like a kingdom management game like my perception of this is like you know crusader kings 2 which is like the big game in the space that people talk about but i haven't really spent any time with um in that there's a lot of like status screens about like your farming and your your land and your your weapon things and like the map and who you're feuding with and whatever um and uh the main focus of this is balancing the recommendations of your ring which is seven like tribal nobles that you put in not a tribe specifically your tula smaller than a tribe uh this is relevant because the game eventually has you form a tribe um and then use that tribe to like like the 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 end point of the story which i did not get to in my play but looked up in the long game is if your if your tribe is gone long enough and you're like a tribal king or queen um the tribal leader of the horse lords eventually comes and like ask you to be part of a contest for their hand in marriage and in if you succeed at that the wedding goes on and the uniting of the horse lords and your and like the storm whatever you name your tribe i guess is enough to like unify the the space into a kingdom like literally i was looking at the like watching the the final cutscene. like a fucking dragon shows up to officiate your wedding that unites the clans it's pretty sick yeah i also like i i did not make it i yes. did my best i have multiple like long runs fall apart yes um, which is honestly really like this is ultimately usually a game about failure yeah uh, and that failure is really interesting and like it, i don't feel uh, dissatisfied when the strategy game falls apart like i often do which is what turns me away from this genre uh, but then just looking up what happens it was like very cool <laughs> it's i yes. guess a reward befitting of a game this difficult yeah but it is like three screens so you could just look it up <laughs> yeah but everything's three screens in this game yeah. like, like everything yeah. lives in the imagination of like we've got some art we've got oh, a music cue and but we like, have some text I, we got a lot of people when we were playing this being like oh this is a game i always wanted to check out but i was really intimidated and it was like too much and i i get it because we were both there where this is not our like we are famously anti-strategy people <laughs> because we find it intimidating and hard to like get our footing on um uh but this game in particular there's very little that is like like if you play if you're playing um stellaris the game that I actually put some time into if you're not doing well in like expanding outward and like running a, a big like galactic society, there's a lot of stuff you're just not going to see because it doesn't unlock until you hit certain tiers and stuff. That's not particularly the case in Dragon Pass. There's some stuff that opens up when you're a tribe, but it's not that much. And the randomness is just higher on the events. It's much more about can you keep the, the machine going whilst random shit just comes down your way. Um and that stuff is much more random and much more just like dictated by dice rolls than it is like now you're tier three you've unlocked the tier three story missions yeah and there are like things that happen along the way that you will only see later on but functionally the moment to moment experience doesn't change that much because it is all concerned with this like uh perspective of leaders of the ring Mm -hmm. um you still see the same seven, or I guess it's di- often different seven, but you still see a ring of seven people with seven perspectives and you still have events occur to you and you must make decisions and rulings. Yes. Uh, and that's that never changes. Yes. Um, and this is like a tension in terms of the game's like reputation because you have the strategy people who are like would like more micromanagement and then you have the people like us who are like scared off by how much micromanagement there already is in this game. Um and it ends up being like a game where I feel like that obfuscation really helps it. Because uh, mm-hmm. you can just play it not 
like you can play it muddling out the systems not knowing it and you will fail but i think that that like understanding of like the game will still be valid like yeah. it'll still it'll still be a game about like trying to navigate this you're still playing the same game it's not like a strategy game when i'm not when i don't know how the systems work i'm fundamentally playing a different game for someone who understands how to play civ uh, yes. this you're playing the same game and you're still making decisions and they're still falling apart in interesting ways and they're still like teaching you something about the difficulties of this game's perspective on what it means to like be a people and how uh you like survive yeah yeah, it's still like I'm gonna I'm gonna raid my the neighbor that I hate for cattle every season. <laughs> oh, the fucking eagles—they're getting it. <laughs> um, mine was the the turtles, but yeah, yeah. Um, oh. and uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna do some envoys. You're gonna explore, try to find some treasures because treasures are good. Um, you're gonna you're gonna try to sacrifice as much as possible to get all the blessings so you can set whatever blessings you might need in a given season year. Um and uh work up to the hero quests which you know the the weird the, the big thing about this game because it's using like a tabletop mythology has a lot of like very traditional like hero's journey style myths that you you can see like in your like you could just read the myth lore but then part of the what the the tool is trying to do is recreate those in, in service of the god and so you do them but they never line up one to one exactly with the with the myth that you understand um yes. And so you go through this and you're trying to figure out what the myth was talking to you about, like in terms of like when you actually do it, what is the what do these things mean? But also, like, even if you do the thing that I did after I failed a couple of them, which is to look up a guide on how they work, um, the game is not like dictated clearly enough for that, where like sometimes you'll you'll follow the guide and then there'll be a screen that isn't in the in the walkthrough because there's just some randomness involved. Like sometimes magic's just inscrutable. Um and then sometimes, like if you if you if you just get unlucky, or if you have the wrong person, they're not high enough level, or they worship the wrong god, you just won't get the right things to do the hero quest, or it'll go wrong in a weird, interesting way, and maybe you can pull it out. There's just a lot of like, you can do the same actions multiple times and get wildly different results because there it, it's running off of like a like dice rolls behind the scenes kind of thing. Yes, um, um, which I think like adds to the effect of a world in which like you are a tribe of people who are like trying to be practical and pragmatic because you're running a very small Tula in the middle of a very hostile place. But also you live in the age of gods and magic and like those things are real, but you don't really understand them. They're hard to like discern. Um, and so you, they, they operate in your life, but the way they operate in your life is like, sometimes you make a sacrifice and like the God doesn't give you a good answer. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. Maybe it'll be bad. Maybe it'll be good. Sometimes you, you make a sacrifice and God's like, well, now your cattle are just gonna be great for a year. And like, hell yeah. Great. Exactly what I needed. Yes like divining things and understanding like the works of the gods and what they want and how it will affect you is its own action yes um and has its own cost and its own benefits uh and is a like a eventually like you realize it's like a large part of the game yes um because you don't want to be like against the gods you'll get fucked up <laughs> Also, the thing I really like about the Hero Quest specifically is the way in which the myths reinforce the mindset that the game wants you to take as someone role-playing in this tribe, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Because um, there's, like, one where it's, like, you're going through and you're trying to tame, like, the god of chaos and a god of war to, like, work for you to help defeat the, for to defeat the forces of darkness. And it's about, like, like being able to talk people away from being warmongering but still, like, acknowledge their strength to keep people away from, like, you know 
just pure like reservation and dogma but being willing to hold on to tradition balance those things with compassion and discernment there's a really cool myth that's about like the the the, the god of the cows that's about convincing wild cows that it's better for them in a world where like wolves and like saber-toothed tigers exist to allow themselves to be under the rule of humans because the humans will bring them across the earth and allow them to populate. And sometimes you have to sacrifice some members to the humans, but to try to convince the cow tribe of that is like one of the hardest hero quests, but it's really yes. cool to go through that because the, the society is about the value and like fundamental need of cattle. Like it's just built around that. So to see this myth, that's about how difficult it was to reach this point and like the weird semi sacred status, but not like, we're still going to eat the cows. We're still going to slaughter cows. We're going to give them as gifts. They're still cows, but like they hold a, they're fundamental to the function of society. So they're special. Um, is really cool. Uh, yeah. Um, the game's really good at like making sure that when you approach these decisions, you, um, are approaching them, not from the, like the perspective of someone trying to make the right choice. Yes, uh, but like you are, it does a really good job of like getting into the role playingness of it, uh, which um, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, RPGs uh, on the PC don't because they like they're so open. Um, yes, like this is not a isometric RPG, but it's coming out in the same you know nineteen ninety the same year as Planescape and it's playing in similar ideas, uh, and so many of those um, are about the fact that your character is a blank slate and you can have them do anything uh this is so much more directive like here is what you believe not what you the player believe this is what you the like player character must believe to yes. uh progress through the game you are sitting down at this table to do this role play and you are buying into a set of assumptions as you do that um and there's no way to badger the ring into like accepting liberal democracy right right yes <laughs> and um while the game begins like explicitly with this, I think that in addition to this explicitly being like a thing the game asks of you, uh, through its design, it's really good at like facilitating that. You don't mm. have to like sacrifice a lot to get into that mindset. It just works with the mechanics on display, um, in, in a way that um, every game does. Uh, like every strategy game does this, but like civilization is not saying when you sit down you must. Um, you know, it doesn't bother the textbook and say you have to buy into the idea that progress is inherent to like the technological uh you know progression of uh, no it just assumes Western the player society. believes that <laughs> right yeah it just assumes that like you believe that because it's being made in a society like that uh this is so much more deliberate about how like no the way you present mechanics is always uh going to like influence the um worldview through which you look at the story of the game um yeah. But because it's like a significantly different one, it can make that explicit in a way that like yeah. a game that just perpetuates its own worldview doesn't really get. Yeah. You know, you ran from a place you all worship the same gods mostly. Uh, some people got eaten by dragons, so you really aren't trustful of dragons. That's just fundamental to the world setting. I love whenever I just go fuck off to a dragon and my ads is like, that's great. Great work. Yeah. <laughs> Because hate you, the dragons. <laughs> the dragons show up and they like fuck around a bit and uh they're like, We totally are good and mature and honest now. And you tell them to fuck off, and then the Anders is like, Great work. <laughs> fuck those guys. Yeah. But also that means juggling like your ring is like you want your typically you want your ring to be like a diverse set of gods to worship, because there's a lot of gods. You only have seven people, so there's gonna be some gaps, but like 
you know, the, the, the years in which you have a trickster on your ring, you get like better magic. There's new events that unlock, but usually the tricksters are pretty bad at everything. And their advice is fucking terrible. Cause they're like jokers. Yes. Which sometimes means you can like use them as a, as a negative advice. Yes. Like when, when the trickster says something, like sometimes he will like land on the right thing, yeah. but most of the time he'll just say something stupid. Yeah. But sometimes you listen to the ring and it's like, well, four of them want me to attack and three of them want me to, like, give gifts. And I don't like either of those options. I'm going to go the other way. And sometimes it just totally works out. Like, you don't have to listen to your ring. Um, and also the ring is, like, you know, determined by their gods and their skills. Like, if you don't have if you don't have anyone who's good with plants, if, like, plant shit comes up, don't listen to your ring. Don't listen. You have to understand what their stats are. Yes. Um, and this is like where one of the, I think the weaknesses of at least the version we played are in that because of the, the touchscreen interface, um, like getting to the stats is kind of annoying and scrolling through all your guys is kind of annoying. Yes. Yeah. Um, I watched some footage of the original game and it's also a little clunky in like different ways. Um, yes, it's a lot of just a... mouse over like tips and like windows mm -hmm. and stuff. Cause it's just a game from 1999. But, um, yes. I'm, I want to play six ages at some point and see what like a, retackling this idea looks like. Yeah, me too. I would love to give that a shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in juggling the politics of this, like the game is so clearly focused on like, there's a couple choices you can make. Like, do you want to be a peace tribe, a balanced tribe or a war tribe? And that's like its own option. Or do you want to keep thralls or not? I never played a game of thralls because uh, I don't, I, it's not fun to play slavers even in fiction. Um, yes. Uh, and there's like a bunch of weird options. There's like options, <laughs> like even though I like I never played like slavers. There's like a bit where like sometimes you capture like some orc orclings or whatever they're called, little orc guys. And like do we don't keep thralls, but do you want to change that? You just want to keep these guys? And it's like now I'm gonna sacrifice them, get a bunch of magic. <laughs> way <laughs> way way more morally good for a non thrall keeping tribe to kill like the orc men. Um, and that's just like the scenario. Like you know, there's no like. Oh, hemming and hawing about that. No, you sacrifice them and you get magic because your gods are happy you sacrificed the bad guys. Yeah. And that's the kind of influence you see like into just like general tabletop discourse today, right? Of like mm -hmm. the game begins and like it asks you upfront, are you going to like actively deal with being a tribe that like, you know, partakes in slavery? Mm -hmm. Is this a thing you want to engage with as part of the possibility space for like your options? And you just say no. Yeah. Um, which is like a lot of, you know, modern discussion about tabletop things is about how because I know this is not a tabletop game, but it's playing in the same spaces and these ideas of like getting, a, uh, you know, when you're going into a weird world with different um, values, you have to like make, set these things up top. Uh, yeah. In a way that like Crusader Kings doesn't have an option. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Everyone kind of knows what like Crusader Kings is, but like it is just like a different mindset to how it like sets up, uh, you know, your ability to role play as you go into the game. Yeah. Um, and just keeping that in mind is like, and like, you know, you're not locked into constantly doing like reactionary, like, you know, I don't like the dragons, but everyone runs into the duck guys and you really just want to be nice to the duck guys. They'll just kind of chill and they'll tell you about cool. They'll tell you about way more like serious duck guys who live somewhere else. And if you would attack those duck guys, the real duck guys would descend upon you and you would regret your words and deeds. Um, you have no, I, this is one of the things I looked at. Cause I also was always nice to the duck guys. I was just yeah. watching a review. I was watching someone's review of this game uh -huh. and they were like, well, you know, our clan wasn't doing so hot. So we just kind of like kept raiding the duck guys and taking their shit uh, to, to uh, help our clan them, you know, uh, work some stuff out and um you 
eventually, if you keep going down that path and finding the Duckmen, like, the Ducks get an army of Beastmen yes. and just destroy you. Yeah. You just get wiped. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I think is a big strength of this game. Is like That doesn't happen in the strategy game version of this because it is, it is a fixed narrative consequence of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not like... Oh, you know, in a civilization version or even Crusader King, it's like the every single part of this is procedural. And yeah. here there are like some fixed events that you will always have to deal with and how you do deal with them will change the game like radically. Yeah. Uh, but they still happen at kind of around the same times and in the same spaces. Yeah. Like the you can kind of mostly is... ignore the ducks if you want, or you can make them a key part of your like your story and strategy. But like you, 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 you wound them at your peril. <laughs> But there's all there's always ducks there, like yeah. and they are always in the same place. Yes, because the what the map is a fixed thing, yeah. um, in a way that is, uh, like just not generally where the like strategy side of the influences go. Yeah, um, but it is more consistent with the, this being like a storybook RPG. Yeah, there's still dwarves in the mountains that you can yes. meet every time you play the game. And I I I love this because it like grounds the world building uh, yes. with the specificity that you lose. Uh, the the more you open things up to a procedural like system, uh, the the less specificity the world building has. And this is also yes. a game about teaching you about the just like world of Glantha. Yes. Yeah, that stuff ends up being the thing that like at the end of the day, like I like I roll my eyes at like this sort of like. Iron Age, like, fake Norse, like, like this is not a setting I find particularly compelling in games, typically. But the way in which it's set up and the way everything is reinforced with each other, by the end of the game, like, you know, um, when when people are talking about, like, Orlanth and Yermal and all of, like, these characters, like, I know what they mean when they say those things. And mm-hmm. that's just a thing games typically are bad at, to me. Yes. Like, it, it, like I'm like, oh, right. This is, like, important to, to pay attention to this stuff in a way that um, is is hard to do well and make it like part of the game without making just a game about like reading and internalizing. Like I didn't have to memorize the stuff. It's just, I did a lot. And I like those rhythms of like what clan life looks like just got imbued into my brain through doing it over and over again. Like the part where this is on a cycle where every year you start with sacred time and then you set, you set some goals and you do some raids and you maybe do an exploration. And then once it gets cold, like you don't want to do any raids during the harvest because your farmers are harvesting. And then after that, it gets cold. And that's the time to look, think about hero quest. Cause if you try to go anywhere the snows are going to keep you from doing fucking anything uh it's just it like imbues the rhythms of life into the game in a way that's really good and this is where like the game being um one in which like a lot of people most people who play this game will fail uh at, like beating it at least on their first try um i think is like a great strength because if you know what to do, right, and you, you know, not only have you read the manual, but you have internalized all the different bits and yes. understood the, like, levels of importance of every system, uh, then I think the gods are just, like, uh, toggles. But like, the thing for me was, like, oh, I'm so fucked. Okay, I need, way I look. Okay, I, need, I need to build this shrine to this, this, like, you know, being reactive to the way the system was, like, bringing up new failures and new, yes. like, things to contend with uh, forced me to engage, like you have to engage with the gods to like get out of those jams that is yeah. like the mechanic of the game it's like ah shit there's a disease let's hope chalana roy like listens to me sacrificing twice in a row that's dangerous you shouldn't check sacrifice twice in a row sometimes you gotta sometimes you have to sacrifice twice near because everyone's fucking sick yes uh like the last two hours of my my main game which was like 15 hours uh and ended in failure uh was just like a downward spiral of like every year the food is going a little bit down <laughs> yeah 
Um, and I would trade like hell. I would like set up my trade routes. I would like form new alliances. I would call in favors. Uh, I would adjust my lands. This happened Every in my year. first game. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. having such a hard time. People start like literally like people, I get the star of warning and people would be dying from starvation for years on end. Yes. And that's what happened to me. Just like eventually like for about five years, the people were dying and then the clan were just like, uh, we're all leaving. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, you know, the tail ends here. Uh, but that was it's just the, like that was the end of my story, I guess. It, it's the thing that like um, Reigns. That's the name of that game, right? Reigns. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, the the Reigns tries to do in like a much more like, you know, casual like play it for five minutes way, where you ruling only happens through like the agreement of multiple forces. Like you need to keep your weapon. You need soldiers. You need weapon thanes. You need farmers. You need nobles. And if those people don't all aren't all in alignment, like you can have some people be uh, unhappy and it'll be like a problem that you can solve or whatever. But if all three of them don't agree, fundamentally you have a right to rule. You're not going to rule shit. (laughs) Yes. And the game doesn't allow you to like, like just like, tyrant your way in you have to have the consent of the people to make it work like part of the the mid and late game if you're playing like a, a longer game is when like you spend a lot of reasons no one else wants to get a tribe together there's like one tribe that's always there when you start the map and you can or when you play the game you can join them if you want but if you're trying to forge a tribe nobody wants to be in a tribe because it's a lot of like compromise and getting along with your neighbors and that's something everyone doesn't want to do uh <laughs> and so you spend a lot of re you spend a lot of resources to build this tribe and then you're fucking tapped so they don't pick you as a king they pick some guy with a bunch of fucking money and goods that didn't spend it all building the tribe and so you're just kind of like under someone else for a while until you can build back up and try to be king of the tribe like the the short game ends if you are king of the tribe for 10 years consecutively um which i which i succeeded in doing it took a while but i did succeed in that and then after you do that the the long game is about like making the tribe self-sustaining enough that you end up wedding the, the like the horse tribe and uniting everything into a kingdom um but like the only thing that happens when you perform a tribe is like now you have guys around you who will warn you if someone's coming which is nice but everyone fucking needs something especially when you're like the king everyone's coming to you with problems uh, it just like increases the amount of like asks on your people and it's not like you get every other tribe's res- every other tula's resources you just have the tula you have's resources you're just king of like the tribe of the tribe when there's tribe problems <laughs> Yes, um, absolutely. This is like one of the things I said when I was playing it is um, uh, this is the game about like how hard it is to be a CEO, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, which I specifically say rather than um, King, because in a modern understanding, right? And I mean, it's like culturally, not in like the actual specifics of capitalism. Mm-hmm. I just mean like, you know, when that, that succession video goes around where that guy doing the Brian Cox voice is like, fuck off, these are my M&Ms. It's like, this is, that's what, uh, that's what King of Dragon Pass is um is you you know you you build this tribe up you help everything and someone's always fucking complaining and they've always been like oh someone dishonored me and he knocked me out and my wife knocked me out and i couldn't do my jewel and you're like we're gonna starve go away yes uh, and the sense of like um it is strange how the the systems of the game are fairly limited uh, and stripped back compared to many strategy games yet because they are all given nar- like every faction is given like this narrative significance uh the sense of um any outcome is always the result of 
uh, multiple factors bouncing off each other in ways that could never be predicted uh, is felt so much more uh, like potently than in like a game where I can see all the numbers on my screen at any given time. Even yeah. if they are technically more interconnected, uh, the presentation here just like really drives that home. Yes. Because there's definitely people who can see the numbers and extract the story out of it, but that's just not who I am, right? Yes, like, I have no. a hard time with that. But like this, I always had a sense of kind of where the mood's at because you just get it reinforced through narrative every time. Yes, like, I, I have tried Crusader Kings 2, and I just don't, I don't, I don't have the brain for it. Like, it's just not where, my, where I'm wired at. Uh, whereas this was way more, like, my, um, my speed. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, someone will come to me, and the weapon things will be like, we're we are tired of working for these like peaceful guys all the farmers will be like why have you got all these soldiers when they don't produce anything and you have to say well because the eagles are going to raid us in a month you assholes dumbass go back go away yeah uh, yeah absolutely um and that balance never it never gets solved right like there's always going to no. be someone who wants something that is like this is just not in the realm of what we're doing here please go away please leave me alone and I think it's really this is a really like very 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 hard thing to achieve with games. Yes. Uh, and I can't speak to whether this game achieves it because uh, it's, it's too vague. Like the the idea that like through a game you can convey uh, the way systems impede agency is like almost impossible to do, right? Because there's a like study where people Cart Life right is a famous game made about this. It's a game about being poor and how everything is stacked against you and the world is like hell. Uh people played that and they did a study and what making it a game did was emphasize the agency of the player character and like turn it into systems mastery. Yes. And, uh, people like interpreted it willingly or not as a game about how to efficiently be poor correctly. Yes. Um, and you can play King of Dragon Pass in this way. It is possible to win it. It is possible to do that right. Um but both me and then like i was looking at reviews and like most people don't it is a game about failure uh and that it just hits that balance really well mm. um and it's i just, think it's the lack cool. of like you know when things are going well it's not like the game has a bunch of like good job missions or like it doesn't mm -hmm. like give you a lot of positive reinforcement for the game going well i think that's a huge part of it right yes yes like if you're if you're at the point where you're running a good kingdom, it's not like a bunch of new things. Like I said, there's no new missions that unlock. It's just a matter of like, um, in fact, it just the game kind of gets less interesting because like good years are, are boring years. Nothing fucking happens. Like you might get raided and you handle it. You might do it a raid and it goes successfully. Some weird magic shit happens and you're you've got the right ring to tell you what to do and you do it and it's solved. Like the the interesting stuff is not always dictated by failure, but it's often dictated by compromise and like half measures. Well, this is like this is purely a friends table reference because my only like view into tabletop games, but like the the interesting roles are the five to seven ones, right? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> where something happens, but there's a cost or a, a, like a left turn. Yeah. Um, and you know that happens in all that happens in all tabletop games. I'm just like that's my view into it. Mm -hmm. uh, not claim it to be like a unique property of my friends show, <laughs> uh, but um, that's just like where the meat is in these systems. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but in that way, it's like one of those where like, if I'm on a roll where like things are just kind of being a weird mess, it's like fun to see what, what, where, what are you going to stack on me? Like, what is the precarious, like one more thing that's going to make this whole house of cards topple right now as we like are just eking by. And that's its own kind of fun. It's great. Like, cause because the, the, this, it's not like 
oh, I lost this really good seed, right? Like one, the game allows you to roll back to any year. So if you have one year where you just like messed something up, there was one year I was playing where like, I didn't know, this was early on where I didn't notice someone my ring died and I didn't replace them. And I was just like, didn't have a person on the ring for a whole year. And I noticed, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to redo that. So I redid that. Um, and uh, that, that part's great. But like, you know, next time you roll the game, it's still going to be the game. It, it, it doesn't change that much. Yes. Uh, and the the rewind system is good because it means like there are times where I do think there are like mistakes that aren't interesting. Um, yes. Especially around the hero quests where it's like, oh fuck, I just chose the wrong thing and I accidentally like sent a guy like to, on this mission and now he's wounded. Um, yes. And sometimes those consequences are interesting, but sometimes they're not. And the game does give you the choice to like, you can always roll back. You know, there's no hard mode here. I mean, there yeah. is, but you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but usually I would just play through because I didn't, I didn't, I often didn't think that like, because of the game's failures often being um, subtle, uh, it would be five years in before I realized something was wrong. I was like, where do I go back to? Yeah. Um, things like compound. And I never, like when I, when I, my clan ended, I was like, I could roll back. Uh, but I don't, I don't know where I would roll back to. When, when did the problem start, right? Did they start at the beginning of the game? Did they yeah. start like five years ago? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have a sense of it. So I just started again and did one more game and did still, you know, that game I have not failed yet, but uh, it is still ongoing. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm glad this won me over. Yeah. It's like, it's weird because it's like, I really like this, but I don't think it's going to lead to me playing more strategy games. It might make me play Six Ages. Like, I'm like, I really want to play Six Ages. Let's pick at that for a while. Um, but most games are not this, right? That's the problem. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I like the obfuscated design. This is like, yes. A game this reminded me of um, is Star Trek Bridge Simulator. <laughs> uh, in the, you know, that is that is a game where you can press a button and actually control a starship because it's a Star Trek game. Uh, but the main way of playing it is you, you're the captain, so you tell your other AI systems guys what to do. It tries to, and it's kind of a weird game, uh, but it is a similar game in that it takes a genre that exists, which is, uh, in this case, it's like a spaceship simulator, like a uh, X-Wing with, you know, slightly more trader stuff, so there's an X in there as well. Uh, and abstracts it into being like someone making decisions for other people to do mm. uh, and it's it's a it's a very difficult way to make a game uh, this is a way better version of that uh but i do i do like i do like that uh, abstraction i think it's good i think it can be used well mm -hmm. yeah it's a good game i was uh, surprised how much i i played like probably close to 40 hours i was playing it at work because it's on a phone and i have a lot of mm -hmm. downtime at my job over the holidays when i was playing this so uh i played a fucking lot of this game yes um but it's good i'm, I'm excited to move on to the next one i'd like i'm gonna probably buy six ages and pick at that a little slower because by the end i was like i'm gonna hear this fucking music when i die <laughs> um yeah the i think it's just the um it's this this uh spring season sea season one yes. just the little jaunty one that plays at the start of every year yes it's never gonna leave me no uh anything else or should we go to questions we have quite a few no we've got some questions uh so we should we should uh, do that <laughs>
If you would like to send emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. That's singular podcast, just for the record. But uh, you can send them about uh, the game we're playing uh, for Game Club or just random gaming questions. I, I love fucking random questions. In fact, most of our questions today, I think, are pretty... At least the first half are all like kind of random stuff, and then we got more Dragon Pass specific stuff. But well, because we uh, did ask for it. Yes, uh, Eric writes in with uh, four questions uh, in the Grab Bang episode that covered Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast. You talked about how Ferraris look cool, but uh, the Ferrari license isn't worth keeping the game delisted. My question is, what would be a license a game that would be so integral that it'd be worth it? It could be something hypothetical. It doesn't just have to be a car. Yeah, I, I assumed. Um, hmm be so so i would uh, say i would say pikmin 2 stuff but pikmin 3 just has fruit and it's still good so i just don't think there is one i don't think there's a good answer for this you're gonna patch elliot page out of beyond two souls um yeah i mean like fucking i can't even listen to his music but you need michael you need michael jackson in fucking uh space channel 5 no space Space channel 5 space channel 5 okay yeah um it's not even like the real michael jackson but like that's a game about how michael jackson's president of space <laughs> uh yeah i'm trying to think of um any other ones yeah i don't like that, that's kind of it really right i mean like i know they say like what hypothetical license could like there are licensed games where you you know i just don't think brands dictate gaming that much right like I mean, there are there are soundtracks. I think that it's sure. not worth, you know. But like, like a lot of those come out with altered soundtracks, and people complain. But it doesn't like people still play the games? Mm-hmm. I just don't think it. Um, question two: What game would each of you pick to speed run if you both had to take up speed running? I know your answer. Oh, I won't even say it then. No, go ahead. Tell the audience. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts two, obviously. Duh. Yeah. I um I've been thinking about this uh and the, my problem is like I'm in my mid thirties my my hands are not what they used to be like I'd love to be someone who like I really like Mario like Mario sixty four but that's a game that has such a high like the 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 people who run it are very good at that game and the, the, just such a high ceiling I think I'd probably pick something a little more sedate I'd probably like find a like an RPG and do that like I've been like GDQ happened I've been watching a lot of Pokemon runs Pokemon be great to speed run Pokemon's cool I like Pokemon um something like that like a Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest or something you know something yeah, a little I mean, more the chill fa- the Final Fantasy runs are so long but that thirteen runs really cool just like too long for me yeah. And I'd particularly, I specifically like, I'm more interested in like glitchless categories. Um, like glitch is fun to watch, but like, it just doesn't scratch the same itch to me. Like it's fun to watch someone just destroy, pick a game apart, but like kind of the way it was intended, not just like phasing through walls. Right. Yes. Um, my prediction for the potential theme of 2022 you hinted at is games your friends have been telling you to check out forever, but you haven't gotten around to them here. I mean, that, that extrapolating from Dragon Pass is a more correct extrapolation than handheld games Eh, eh. it's weird because like on some level many of the years of neural mapping have been the project of getting jackson to do this exact thing to like from me yeah ocarina of time but like also like every final fantasy and all of the metal gear and (laughs) yeah no now i'm a gamer now i'm gamer. now you're a gamer um now I'm like kind of out of the ones I'm like, oh, like there's a couple, but like I don't want to do episodes about them. So, like what? What? what are... I want you to play Majora's Mask. Why don't you play like uh, oh, right, yeah. Star Fox 64? You have been asking for both of those. That's true. Yeah. 
Why don't you play Final Fantasy V? I'm, You'll get there. That one I'm, I'm not fuck, really worried that about. That one, the RPGs are coming. That one, yeah. that train's running um, yeah. pretty successful. Yep. Uh, we'll see how it goes throughout this year. But yes, I will get to Final Fantasy V. Yes. Um, It's weird because like that one, I feel like most of our friends who like really would want us to play certain games. I just think the game, like most of the games I get suggested when I think of what my friends would like me to play are just games I don't think would make particularly good episodes. Like people, like we've got, I've got multiple friends who really want me to play Fantasy Tactics. I've tried to play the game multiple times. I, I need to like watch the story just to see it. But like, I don't think you want that episode from us. I think it'd be a bad episode of this podcast. There are a lot of games like you asking me to play things is one thing. Cause I put things off forever and off of my backlogs for a million years long. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that makes sense. Right. But for a lot of games that we haven't played, uh, it's because we probably wouldn't like them. <laughs> they're yeah. like not to our taste and it's not very interesting to like be dis- like be not like a match for the sensibilities of a beloved thing um because maybe we would love uh tactics but we didn't like the story of 12 that much i know that you know that, that i mean i've played i've played enough tactics to know that like i bet it's better than 12 yeah but also i still don't think the story is like exceptional and i just don't like the video game part at all yes so um. So stuff like that would just be like, you know, we don't actually want to go out of our way to annoy people. Yeah. Um, and then fourth question, Pokemon has 18 types currently, but sometimes they add new ones. What should the 19th type be? Please don't look up the current 18 types. That's God cheating. damn it. <laughs> okay. I could name, I could name you all the types. Uh, you can do that. Um, could, wait, hang on. Don't, don't do that now. Could you? Could you genuinely? I like not in order or anything, but yeah, I think if I if I could write them down as I'm listing them, I could list all eighteen types. Okay, now you Google the types. I'm making a rule. You'll have your. I believe you. Put the types in front of you. I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna see how far I can get. Okay, because like I played a lot of Pokemon. I've been watching a lot of po- like it's not that hard. So eighteen types. Okay, I'm hoping uh, to yes, get at I least have them 10. all up. Okay, so obviously uh, fire. Wait, wait, actually, I need to get a notepad up because i need to write down what you you've said okay yes oh, what I said, say. you said fire fire water grass uh normal yep ice yeah ground and rock yep steel yep uh, i guess fairy is the other one they added uh there are three that have been added since the original game oh then that, that, that third one. Oh, okay so now what do i say i said uh bug yep psychic obviously psychic yep uh electric yep fighting yep oh i'm getting low now <laughs> how many have i done um one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen that's already pretty good um flying i didn't say flying uh no you did not say flying um Ooh, other Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. I've said Psychic. I said Water. Um, Snorlax is normal. I'm going through Pokemon and like, trying to think of their types. Um, would you say there's any like really obvious ones I'm missing? I think so, but I it, it's not hard for me. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what the like level of types people now are. Um. I think there's one that's like I, no one ever thinks about it, 
um, that you don't have. But the three, the other three, I think, are like really obvious. Okay, so did electricity? I'm just going through Pokemon in my head, thinking like, what type are they? Um, I did rock. I did steel. I did ground. Did ice. Yep. Uh, uh, poison, 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 poison. That's the one I thought you wouldn't get. Um, that's 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 because I'm going through like the Pokemon I know, which is broadly speaking the like you know I know coughing, therefore I know poison, right? Like is how yeah, this goes. Fair enough. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not thinking of types. I'm thinking of Pokemon, and if I know their types, is how oh, I'm, is, I'm mentally so going backwards. Through. But I get it. <laughs> Because uh, I, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know the chart. I, I like, I vaguely know, like, you know, I know to switch to grass when there's a rock type, right? Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. But I don't know the whole chart in a way that someone who's played Pokemon for ages can. Yeah. Um, this might be it for me. I might be done. Um, but I, th- I think I gave a good showing. You're missing three. I know the I'm th- missing three. The three you're missing are ghost, shit, dragon. Dragon, and, right, yes. And Dark, which is the one that was added in Gen 2. Okay, Dark I would have probably forgot. But Ghost and Dragon I should have got. I do know that. Like, I should have... Well, after coughing, I should have got Gengar, and then Gengar's Ghost. Yeah, Ghost I thought was like a ringer. Um, ghost is like one of the key Pokemon types to me. I love Ghost Pokemon. Yeah. No, I should I should have got Ghost and Dragon, um, but Dark I... That one makes sense to forget. Uh, but there anyway, we go. What should, they, what should they add? What should they add? Um... everything's kind of covered <laughs> yeah it's weird because like like the thing you're asking is come up with a 20th classical element that's fucking hard <laughs> yeah well the thing is that if you if you break something out you could reclassify old pokemon under it so you could do something like digital which electric and ghost kind of cover now but you could like there's I was like thinking a, that. Like, like a digital Por- element and then like Porygon, which I think is normal or psychic, goes under there. And like Rotom, which is electric ghost, goes under there. And like there's things you could do in that way. Yeah, like fairy. But- once fairy got introduced, multiple Pokemon that were normal or psychic or something else got classified under fairy instead. Um, That's what, that was Jigglypuff, right? And yes. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the digital makes sense for that. Um, what if they're digital monsters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Digital pocket monsters. Digital pocket monsters. Exactly. Uh, DP Mon. Shut up. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. It stands for digital pocket monsters. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't know. <sighs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess digital is the right answer. Like, I can't think of, a, of one that isn't isn't that. Um, like, gas Pokemon, I guess. Like, for non-corporeal Pokemon. Yeah, ghost kind of covers a lot of that, or poison. Ghost does right? do that. Yeah, ghost or poison. I mean, that's the thing. You're already at 19, right? So there's yeah. a lot. Yeah, gun. Gun. <laughs> I guess you could do. I guess it's kind of like di- like digital, but you could do like a techno technology type steel. Kind of covers a lot of those now. Um, mm-hmm. um, you could do like, like there is like ice and water. You could do like a fire and like magma or something. Um, I guess you could do that. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's a lot one. of like classification of ice and water Pokemon. You're like, why is this in this one and not this one? Like, there's no necessarily reason. Um, and it's entirely for like. But then sometimes it's a big fucking ice cube, and you're like, yeah, okay, that's an ice Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
there there are options i think i think you have to like discern what you need the chart the thing is because it's just like a lot of like weaknesses and resistances and um, oh i i've come up with i know i know what the answer oh, yeah, is okay it's it's food the type is food Ooh, that's cool um they're like all of the permutations in terms of like a big grid are often are pretty like set like kind of everything has solid counters right now so i don't know like i can't i don't i'm not deep enough into pokemon to recognize where a gap would be in like we need something that nerfs this but is weak to this that would like make the game more interesting and that's right, the only reason they would dictate one now because like steel immediately is like we need a hard count of psychic like right now like yesterday uh, that's what dark is a oh, dark sorry we yes. mean you know when they yes. come to gen 2 yeah. they they fairy fairy <laughs> exists to destroy dragon because dragon had always been op and they made fairy specifically because like fucking ice and um might just be ice that was like the dragon counter it just isn't cutting it now fairy exists dragons are not what they once were uh i'm googling uh pokemon types like 19th type we have someone here complaining that sound type was obvious for the 19th type but they added fairy instead for 18th when they should have added sound pokemon what is what like loudred um, i guess but like there aren't that many i think fairies i think fairies a totally solid type it's led to like some a lot of aesthetically interesting pokemon that's why my like i went to like digital or like mechanical because i think that automatically dic like introduces ideas for designs that are cool and it recategorizes obvious pokemon under it um i just don't think sound like sound does not evoke a certain new type of guy to me yes. in the way that like fairy did or like cyber does just checking the temperature of the people uh cosmic types or space types star type you know, i mean yeah that, that especially, that's especially with um sun moon that makes a lot of sense yes that, that is a lot of people's suggestion uh some people yeah. saying like light type which is, i i understand why you say that because there's a dark type yeah um but uh i i don't know there's not really like pokemon doesn't really do that in like there's not the shimmer tends to say light and dark stuff in yes. Pokemon in the same way yeah um, I would argue fairy is aesthetically very close to what a, a light type would be. So, mm -hmm. uh, but they mean they mean uh, cool, but not girly when they say light type. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> they mean like you know Naruto is gone, Super Saiyan, whatever. I sage forget. Mode? Oh, Master Sage Mode. That's the yes. one. <laughs> yeah, Super Ultra Master Sage Mode or whatever the fuck he's doing towards the end of that nonsense. <laughs> Anyway, that's enough time to end the Pokemon hole. Yeah. Um, Hilver writes in, read the whole manual with excitement, but bounced off this game a few seasons tutorial. Do you have any strong memories in manuals of video games? And what's the impact of there not being an expectation in a modern game to include an external manual? I think it sucks. Um, but it's also because like I downloaded, I, I very rarely buy physical games now, but I had such a keen memory of opening the game or like, you know, when I was a kid, right on the ride home from a store, opening up the game and reading the manual in the car before I got home, um, and just obliterated, right? But um, yes, I always think of like the Zelda manuals, like all the art in it. Um, the thing is, now I see all that art pre-release of any video game I want to look at, right? Like it's just weird. Yeah. Like just the consumption method of video games has changed around everything else too. It's not just manuals. Like you can put a manual in, but if games came with manuals now, I probably just wouldn't open them. I vividly remember when I was like 10 buying Need for Speed Underground 2 
uh, and being really excited to play it. But I, you know, I went to the game shop and then they had to sit around in uh, Next for a while. Uh-huh. I was really bored. Uh, so I opened the manual. I was like, oh, I'm going to look at the manual for this thing I'm really excited for. And it was nothing. It was like, you know, here's how you accelerate. Press the trigger. It was not a like, and I it was I was young, but I realized like, oh, manuals suck now. I didn't even yeah. know what they were like before, but I could just tell like, you know, I opened this thing to get an experience of it while I was sitting in the store and it sucked. Uh, uh, because it's like you know a mid to late Xbox game. Man was already yeah. dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually think this game, in many ways, is like it's good that it has a tutorial, but I feel like the tutorial te- like is not. It teaches you things that you're better off reading the manual and internalizing differently than how the tutorial gives it to you. Yeah, I don't think the tutorial is very good in this game. I think the tutorial is uh functionally just like your first run. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because of how much of the game is like interesting consequences of failure, I honestly think that like not understanding the systems on your first try is not as big of a barrier. Like I understand people bounce off, but like if you push through, it's it's genuinely okay. Because mm-hmm. um, I also like felt bad, but I had to keep playing because you know I had a podcast to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we have an email from Tamiki here. Uh, I know you're both friends of the table fans. If you had the resource to do so, what season would you adapt, and what game would it be? What game would it be? Yeah. Because I'm like, can I even turn Twilight Mirage into a video game? I don't have the power to do that. Like, I can see, like, a kind of cool mech heist game that you can turn um, uh, Counterweight into. I understand that game in my head. Yeah. Uh, Both the, like, uh, slightly higher Invisible Link turn-based version and the Armored Core, uh, like you know mech game i see those games they're all cool i don't know what i do if you're like twilight mirage how do you make that a video game <laughs> i specifically want the road to season six short game about the pilot in the like gem that the kids pick up oh, i want to play yeah. as the, the the locked in this gem pilot trying to convince people to do things for like for me i just i see that and i just like see like a you know version of attack of the friday monsters but it's that game the, the, yeah. that that uh that episode which is incredible yeah Uh, I want an empathy game about how hard it is to be Hadrian when uh, your son sucks and your life is bad. Empathy game. Empathy game for empathy Hadrian. Game. Empathy game for Hadrian. If we, if we still did titles. <laughs> empathy game for Hadrian is uh, up there. Yeah. So, uh, Modern writes in uh, with an email, email from uh, January 2nd. Uh, about I started playing Lego Star Wars again. Just how cool Lego Star Wars is! It's like emblematic of PS2 era of games. Are there any games define or an emblematic of the era generation they came out in? Um, and then a follow up from two days ago. Turns out new Lego Star Wars is all the awful shit that I praised the other game for not having in it, and made you know by it was made in five years of horrible crunch. Rip me, which is a very funny thing to have happened here in these emails. Yeah, no, I saw that trailer and was like. I was watching the trailer like, what the hell is this game? Also, what, like, I remember the last trailer was like all fully voiced and now they're back to like Lego. Something yes. fucking happened behind the scenes on this game. And then I like all tapped Twitter, the top story. Something fucking happened behind the scenes on this game. So yeah. I guess my sense is good. It seems bad. It that seems game bad. is like exhausting in the trailer. It's like a bunch of cover shooting and upgrade mechanics, like a fucking God of War, got a God of War tech tree in it. Well, one of the things in that um uh 
that like article was they had a 27 combo like melee system and yeah. they cut it because no one was using it they just were pressing x to hit because it's a fucking lego game yeah um yeah i don't know i love lego star wars the original lego star wars i think it's excellent um i um i ended up really liking the like dc lego stuff like i played most of i played all but one of them and i've picked a little bit at that which is like dc lego super villains i think those are like really fun those get into like they're fully voiced have like a fun story and i actually ended up preferring it when the lego characters are voiced in these games i think like the story like the mechanic the part of like where there's a story on these games just gets better when you do that (laughs) yeah no that i understand but that's um, also not those are original stories they're not like we're gonna run through movies you like uh which is like categorically a different thing i guess yes um god yeah i i used to i used to like Lego Star Wars. maybe i'll play this new one and, and see how it ended up but it seems like a disaster yeah um all the people in like i'm just gonna be rude on but they're like multiple people in like the polygon comments being like don't buy this game there are so many other uh quality video games not made under these conditions you can buy and i was like buddy yeah <laughs> buddy they're all like this they're all like this oh i'll just go play the game for i'll play halo like right like they're all fucking like this yeah um if, if it's if it's a physical product that you buy on store shelves or like you know they're all just assume it's made like this yep uh just a good healthy attitude to have towards this evil industry uh any games you like the actual question emblematic of the generation they came out in um i mean i guess pick one for like you know ps1 is uh god what's ps1 it's probably like a fifa game <laughs> my my like emblematic ps1 game to me is like blasto yeah bunch of audio of like a famous voice actor dog shit 3d platformer uh i like my emblematic ps2 game is like devil may cry because literally everything becomes devil may. like it's one of the most influential games of all time um mine's mine's uh guitar hero just guitar hero is another one in a different way yes yeah uh and then my 360 answer is fracture (laughs) that's interesting which is just like remember when there like there was a bunch of terrible fucking shooters no one liked them everyone was making them they all had some vague mechanic or other that wasn't very good and i think i think mine's just cause two for almost similar reasons but like that's like a fun game <laughs> yes I, it's not like a qualitative thing right yeah, yeah. Um, i i have a lot of these for nintendo systems our game next month might just be one of these to me so oh you know, shit oh shit spoilers for 10 minutes from now <laughs> yep um cynthia writes in what's the best dragon in video games Ooh, the best dragon in video games. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I feel like I, I'm. Here's my confession. I'm not like. I don't like dragons. I'm not super keen on dragons. I'm honest. not anti dragons, but I'm not. Yeah, like I'm just like yeah, dragons. I feel like when dragons are in games, they are often assumed to be like one of the coolest things of whatever fantasy setting it is. And I'm just like, yeah, it's dragons um i guess my my gut answer is Nall from lunar who is like the little cat creature that follows the protagonist around with wings it's it's a it's dragon um but yeah i just don't i just don't particularly think of games like even games with dragons that i like i'm like oh the dragon's the sick part nah nah i i like the so i've only 
this is a weird answer because it is hinging upon the fact that I've only played the first 10 hours of Dragon Guard 3, but I like the main dragon in that game, which is like a reincarnation of your super sick evil dragon, but he's like a little kid and he's just a nice guy. Okay. Uh, he's like, he doesn't understand why we're doing all this murder, but I understand because uh, I know how Yoko Taro works, that that dragon is going to be either dead and or the Joker, possibly both by the end of the game in a way I think is trite and stupid. Uh, just because I, I know, I, I know <laughs> I know how this goes. I've done this road before. Uh, yeah. but i do like the party at least at least at the start of the game before the awful guy shows up who's horny about everything yeah um we have an email from mark about uh about glorantha specifically and the way it's like in like comes out of tabletop um multiple questions here some of which i think we've covered like how we feel about the ducks the ducks are great i love them great Everyone guys. Loves the ducks Pro duck. um but uh, do you notice any similarities among games that draw on tabletop generally playing games um i i mean i don't have enough familiarity to answer but like i mean i guess the the thing is like broad systems that are fairly well supported outside of the focus of the game like the game picks a narrow focus but the system's broader and thus it like fills in the spaces that you're not like actually playing within the game yes. I think the one the ones that I tend to like, um, this isn't true of all of them, but the ones that I like tend to be the ones that embrace randomness more. Um, I think that's just who I am as like a person. I like when a game just like do the same thing and sometimes you get a different result. <laughs> you can't not everything is like a lockstep system that you can like conquer. Um, and I appreciate that. Yes. Um, and then specifically talking about how Glorantha nerds uh, like this setting because it pulls on anthropology and folklore, but keep bemoaning how stories in it often return to the Orlanthi rather than exploring uh, other uh, cultures in the setting, uh, often because like those would be like less European derived. Um, how would you feel about this? Are you sad that there aren't other options? And to this, I would like to present as evidence that they should not do this. <laughs> Let me pull up my Twitter accounts. I was gonna say, I was like, I assume that it's the same people making it, so I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't. So, so someone asked a Twitter question, which we don't typically take, but this one got a weird. I and asked us what other settings would you like to see in a King of Dragon Pass style spinoff. The King of Dragon Pass account replied to this with a list yeah. out of a 2008 notebook, notebook of ideas for alternate settings in a King of Style Dragon Pass style game. I'm just gonna read them. Sans commentary right now. Uh, when you sent me this, I didn't realize this was a reply to you. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, from a 2008 notebook, Saga Era Iceland, Wild West, Polynesia, Mediterranean, parentheses, Crete, Carthage, Argonauts, Bees, parentheses, Hive, kind of like a clan, uh, U.S. Senate, parentheses, you play staff, Senator is an annoying encounter, School Board, Art Dealer, Band, generation ship uh the people making king of dragon pass uh probably white i don't actually know i didn't look it up but i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, guess, I'm just gonna guess um because this list is is ridiculous <laughs> but i need i need i need the west wing you're a congressional staffer version of king of dragon pass it'd be miserable but i would never stop playing it uh yeah holy there's shit a, there's a there's a game that went around i played this like 10 more, more than 10 years ago called nation states probably still around in some form where you like you were presented with every day with like 
here's some things that your nation has to decide and you pick the options from among a, like a multiple choice and they would tell you this stuff made your nation go more authoritarian or more like you know liberal democracy or whatever as like a way to understand how like policy dictates stances but it was made by a bunch of like political like liberal political wonks so it was just like probably the most insufferable shit in the world i was not uh, aware enough of things when i played this to like fully understand the extent i'm sure it's obnoxious and bad but this just makes me think of uh, nation states <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't think the problem is I, you need the people who under like live, like understand the, what those societies are pulling on and have different, like current moral standards, like, or just cultural standards than like some tabletop nerds trying to make a thing about Polynesia. I just don't want that. That's bad. That's bad. Oh, I went to nationstates.net, which yes. I assume is the same. And the first thing that you get is a, uh, like a nation creating uh, questionnaire. Mm. Uh, the first option is a set of uh, nine values um, as to, uh, I'm just going to read these out. They are in a three by three row. So the first three is, you know, first three, second three, third three. Yes. Uh, in a progression, um, we have anarchic libertarian capitalists, liberal centrist conservative, socialist authoritarian tyrannical. <laughs> Uh, and when you click each of these, a freedom meter on the right tells you how much freedom you have. Oh my uh, god! And uh, if you click socialist, uh, which is the the only one they give you, no communist here, you get socialist. I guess uh, you have personal freedom is like halfway, economic freedom is none, and political freedom is like just a little sliver. Uh, as opposed to anarchic, where all three freedoms are like a hundred percent. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> That's definitely what happens in an anarchic state. Uh, Apologies so, to all of my anarchist friends who will be listening. So you're fine. You're fine. You're totally fine. But come um, on, nation states. No. Yes. The problem is with nation states, not with my anarchist friends. Yes. Uh, I, uh, of this of this list, I think band is like genuinely the one that I think would be really interesting. Uh, just a front of the Concords game. Yeah, just like a just like, yeah, just like a game about managing a band, like figuring your shit out, like tours, like whether you even want a tour, like what it looks like, just the different aspects. You need like a bunch of bands to like offer their stories and like consult, you know, like, but you could do a lot with this. Not just even jokingly. I think that's like really interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like this whole like system is... Um one way like you can do a lot of things school board's the worst answer not because of like you know polynesia you shouldn't be doing shit that isn't your your uh culture things but just because it'd be the saddest one everything about school boards is miserable um that's that's like that's like a that's the real depressing question the school board king of dragon pass Uh, I would play the shit out of that. It seems depressing, but damn. Oh, the thing no, is, that's like, miserable. I'm, I'm like upset thinking about it. The thing is, this format is one you can apply to basically anything. Of There are some systems in the background. Yeah. Uh, and then you make some decisions. And when you make those decisions, uh, there are consequences. Um, it, is a, it is a very simple like game. I don't know how like complicated the numbers are on the back end. I'm sure they are like very complicated and require a lot of work. But like as compared to deeply intense 3d modeled physics systems right like yeah um 
it's something that it's surprising there's less of. Because like when we say, oh, I'd love there to be more games like Tacoma, I get it. That's 3D modeled conversations in a game that doesn't, you know, and the conditions of that game were apparently terrible. So it's disaster in all, all levels. Yeah. Um, but this is, and same with them, uh, Disco Elysium. Like that's an incredibly detailed RPG where the only solution is to write 50 novels of text. Yeah. Um, but this is like a model for that kind of like storytelling that I think is sustainable. I don't know how much you can sell based on the audience, but it's not like so high budget that it's impossible to make these games. Um, so I will, um, I assume there are quite a few like this and I guess I'll like I'll check in the Discord and people give recommendations. Uh, I think this is a situation where I, I you know, cause I'm not, I'm not following these spaces. So I bet I've missed a bunch. Yeah. That's fair. Yes. Um, our next email <laughs> is the ongoing saga um, from Joey, um, who wrote in last time saying uh, he was on a mural for like a PlayStation ad. And I was like, please write in. I'm going to read this whole story. Late 2013. Not sure, fully sure if I want to give PS4. $400 is a lot of money. And it's the last video game generation. It's all going to be smartphones and tablets from now on. Um, and it's impossible to pre-order. I actually pre-ordered uh, PS4 myself in that era. Hated, big mistake. Did not really use it much. Um, Sony posts on their blog in the morning to for launch. He dropped by the Standard Hotel in New York City. We're having a PS4 launch event. And buy the system right here. And I'm like, all right. Uh, I take the train. Get there really in the morning. Uh, and they say that you're the first in line. I'm like, oh, shit. So that happens. I end up on the line right up to the launch event. And buy the first PlayStation 4. Period. It was a fun time. I got to chat up with X one up up people like uh, Shane and Nick Sutner. Um, I did the Banderas on live TV. I bet the whole launch event is on YouTube still. I even have my picture in a ep- issue of Famitsu because of this. <laughs> Next God. year in E3 2014, Sony's having fans vote on video game characters uh, to paint a big mural that's clearly coming together to be a pastiche of Washington's Crossing the Delaware, uh, painting by Emmanuel Lutz. Uh, but the George Washington silhouette is pointedly blank. Uh, this is funny because this was a crossword uh clue maybe like a month ago and you had not heard of this picture no i hadn't heard of this yeah yes. yeah i didn't know um soon after e3 wraps they reveal that they're letting fans vote on the greatest gamer for that spot and i'm one of the finalists <laughs> i'm like oh god well i'm not gonna win so all right then wario 64 makes a thread about the poll on neogaf <laughs> shortly after that sony emails me asking me to send a picture in that pose for reference i'm like well that's odd but i'm not going to win so all right well if you Google image shirts, <laughs> PS4, Washington Crossing in Delaware, you find uh, Abnormal Mapping Listener and uh, hangs out in the Discord, uh, seemingly great guy, Joey, um, posed here as George Washington Crossing the Delaware with fucking Nathan Drake and uh, Mr. Uh, Ga- Galahad, the guy from The Order and uh, fucking Skyrim dude and... <laughs> wild it's fucking wild this image is frankly one of the most utterly ludicrous thing that i've ever seen in my life so who we got here let's see who we can recognize um uh, that's that's mr uh that's mr, mr. infamous Aiden second Pierce. son yes there's oh, laura croft there's laura croft uh there's watchdogs man um, yeah iconic hat whatever that guy's yeah. name is aiden pierce who's the guy uh, with the gas mask there must be a kills only guy i don't know yeah um but it must be a kills any guy because i like he's just like a weird guy yeah. with a gas um, mask uh we yeah. have a big boss 
Uh, yes, we have a big boss. We have Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. We have Skyrim guy. We have some baseball guy I don't recognize. We have legendary poster and NBA player Kevin Durant. In the other, in the other one, we have Gandalf. Steve uh, from Minecraft. <laughs> yes, I can see Steve from Minecraft. Um, it's really hard to discern who's in these now. Is that Resident Evil lady with a body warmer? I can't tell. Oh, yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, yeah, this is not the, the greatest fake painting. Uh, I want to say I could only tell who Big Boss was because he has the uh, Military Sans Frontiers logo on his yeah. side. Doesn't actually look like Big Boss other than you look at him and oh, he's got an eye patch. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, last I heard, the actual painting is hanging on the wall of Sony Interactive Entertainment Cafeteria. I was gifted a replica of the painting as a framed canvas thing, and it's in my bedroom to this day, chilling on top of my computer desk. <laughs> I would also laugh about it. I would see it, and I'd burst out laughing every morning of my life. Yes. Um, um, did we mention the that's the Destiny orb in the top? Oh, no, I totally missed that. God. That's the, that's the fucking traveler from Destiny in the, in the background there. Um in uh on the 26th joey is turning 33 your uh shiraznable year yeah happy birthday yeah happy birthday um this was episode will be out after that but you know it's before that right now um thank you for writing in with this um this is incredible (laughs) 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 this is this is the best best thing anyone's ever said to us it's not it's all downhill from here you gotta have a better story than this if you're gonna send a story don't no no no. that's not true i love stories but damn (laughs) I know they're both holding the flag, yeah. But it looks like Mister Order is just giving Nathan Drake a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Kelly writes in, uh, big fan of King of Dragon Pass. I got uh, them in the Glorantha. Um, met a bunch of friends through that. Um, one thing that this got me thinking about was popularity and commercialization. It's often been frustrating to me that this game, Glorantha, Runecrest, and Greg Stafford, uh, Rip, do not get the recognition I feel they deserve. On one hand, if you know where to look, Glorantha's been uh, influencing things from Dark Souls to Suikoden and Morrowind for ages. The other, uh, there's so much garbage fantasy out there, and people don't often give this, like, time of day. And in a world of giant media monopolies, it's really hard to care about something like like things like this just don't reach people's radars um being like a weird intimate fantasy thing my actual question is less about the gamer setting and more i was wondering if there are in any instances recently where you were able to share something important to you this way with someone less as an act of fandom uh but more as a means of communication between you and someone you care about um and if not what would you like to share if given the opportunity oh i don't know what, what's your answer I mean, I, I made you play all the Final Fantasy, and now you're obnoxious in the same way I am. But, like, also, the thing that happened is you ended up, like, we we fundamentally disagree on huge parts of Final Fantasy. Actually, it's just about how 7 Remake's good, because I think it fucking sucks. You're like, no, it could still be good. <laughs> we don't disagree that much. I have all the same complaints as you. I just like the, um, the only thing we fundamentally disagree on is whether the Genova drop is good, which it obviously is. It's fucking terrible. They play Genova in the third phase of the fight. Yeah, like, who cares? That's the thing I don't understand. How can you not like Genova? Because it's a terrible remix of the song that I like. <laughs> no one likes you. That's my response. Um, <laughs> what, yeah, <laughs> like, I've just been doing this to Jackson for a decade. It is actually a thing, and um, it's weird because like I'm at the point now where like I have so much stuff that's like I have a lot of work that's about people like watching stuff with us or re- like you know experiencing stuff along with us but I don't like doing the things I feel like really this way about because I 
if if people like if i put out an episode on something i really care about people rebuff it i take it personally like that's what happens when you talk about things you care about a lot i, I hate covering things i care too much about uh, we stopped doing sos for a reason well specifically the thing i think about is like our big fight about like squall and quistus and final Fantasy 8 <laughs> that's a different thing i was yeah, a different but person, also it's but because yes. i care too much about final Fantasy 8 right like people, if someone says shit about final Fantasy 8 now in 2022 i still get heated i'm like oh how, how could someone dare talk bad about the best game ever made um yeah i mean that was a situation when like it was both of us identifying very strongly in different ways like yes. it, it was you know and this is the thing that like you see in just twitter right of like when people turn fights at media into like personality wars because they yes. identified a lot with it and that just happens yeah. you know it's unavoidable on some level um yeah i i, I mean i have a lot of these things but i, t I tend to just kind of keep to myself and if someone's like looking for a suggestion i'm like yeah go experience this but um because I do so much of that through work, I just kind of like being hands off. And like, I have, like, I really like the, the prisoner or, you know, like I would love for everyone to watch the prisoner, but I don't want to like personally walk people through watching the prisoner. I, you do it and come back to me and we can talk about it. But like, I think it'll mostly just be, man, wasn't that fucking great. But, um, it just is like exhausting to try to do that things. I love, I just want to keep those to myself. This is why we only do SOS like every six months. Um, like, Okay, yeah, that's true. But we've had a prisoner podcast planned for like two years, and, you, and now you're and just... yet we have not pulled the trigger because I'm like, uh. <laughs> that's not why. No, we that's haven't... part of the reason why. Like, I guess part of the yes. No, if we wanted to, like, I also am the person who will make it happen it. when it happens, just like back end yes. when I came to, I'm like, here's the proposal, let's do this, and then we did it. Um, I know yeah. that I'm the person who has to say let's do it, and part of the reason I haven't done it because I just don't want to. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know how much you wanted to go into it here. But I was like, yeah, you're saying this, but like, there's a lot of narrative being left out here. <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of that narrative is knowing that I'm the person who has to say, let's do this. That's true. That's true. You will, if that ever happens, it'll be because you said, now's the time to do the Prisoner podcast. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, you know, our friend, you know, uh, Molly did a totally reprise season on Kamen Rider Fours, which is a show Molly adores, and it just kind of went badly. No one, you know, close reading something you invest a lot in is not always uh, a good, great idea. Yeah. So uh, anyway, tune in for uh, 2028 when we cover Code Gears. <laughs> the thing is is you've already done we've we've already talked this together to death so you know what i think about it it's just gonna be so funny it's gonna be, it's gonna so be funny. the part is we both like doing this with each other a lot i don't like doing it with anyone else but like i'll drag jackson through things i like and if they don't like them then whatever it's fine yeah there's some other people you'll do i mean you'll do it with autumn you know like yeah. there's, there's some it's not just me but yes it is a rare thing um kelly writes in a second time when we start asking for please give us things about actual Foss, yeah. questions yes when i first started playing kingdom dream house i didn't realize you could actually get more text about myths through sacrifices so when i hear requested i just chose someone of the appropriate cult with decent abilities and sent them on their way i would just wing the actual hero quest based on their personality the god and the tone of the world i'd gleaned i remember getting one successful run of orlanth unites the tribe by suing the box imprisoning lanker mai because it was really funny and then just beating everyone else up it seemed like the orlanth thing to do which is true um i well I, this is an aside the part where you can like just sue ghosts out of existence my favorite thing in this setting it's so much fun like yes. this is illegal you can't haunt this place and the ghost be like oh my bad my bad i'm out of here <laughs> it's so funny um it did likewise for all the hero quests the Yeralda one gave me the most trouble falling by ermal guards instead though Yeraldas is the i believe infamously difficult yes that's uh, hard to reconcile leading your own children into domestication by humans on a cosmic level uh kept getting killed by wolves or stomped to death by angry bulls yeah that one's hard because uh, you have to, as you're all just trying to convince the cows to go under the, the like guidance of the humans, you just have to like get attacked in the wilderness over and over again. It's like rough. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I've lost people doing that quest. Yes, uh, no. There are multiple quests where you're like, okay, this is the part of the quest, but like because of the way they're like, the myths are heroic myths of triumphing over adversity. So like in a lot of the quests, you just got to get stabbed for a while. You just got to yeah. take the blows. Yep. Um, and because you often want to put like your best leaders through it because you want to like boost to your leadership, those fuckers are like 60 years old. They're like, they can't <laughs> yes. take these blows. <laughs> Oh, I had someone in my ring who was one of my most useful guys, and he was like 75. So every year it was like, you know, wipes brow. Um, oh. oh, they made it. Yeah. Um, I love the way the pictures age over time. The like it's old so pictures good. are so good. Yes. Um, and then Donnie writes in, I mostly played King of Dragon Pass with my son, have never gotten super far in the game because 12-year-olds make un- extremely unusual decisions, including mercilessly raiding every duck tribe and constantly wanting to find and hunt dragons or start shit on every random encounter. <laughs> oh, Vinny Caravella! <laughs> you watched that uh, The Quick Lick, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Vinny is full GTA Five chaos mode in that, but it's fucking yes. King of Dragon Pass. <laughs> and it's it's Austin just going, I, okay. <laughs> okay, I guess we're going to kill all these, these ducks then. So my question is, what's the worst decision or unexpected consequence you had from a random encounter in a video game? In any video game? Yeah. Ooh. The tragic answer is, like, I, if a game will let me and I get a really bad outcome, I will reload a save. Yeah, that's true. Um, this is honestly a fairly different because of how the game is so gradual. Because uh, it's granular and gradual at the same time. It's so gradual um, in its consequences. Uh, and they are spread out over time and say it like avoids that but in a lot of games where i have like a really bad role i'm just going back um yeah and that's that's just a uh i would say a weakness but it's also like the way i play games right i play games usually to see the content uh and i'm gonna play them once um so like if it's an rpg i want to have the good stats i'll I, you know i will cheat through planescape so i can see all the um the choices i want to see uh that's just how yeah. I how I approach things, which is fine. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for this either. But that's it for questions. Again, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Right. Um, that brings us to the end of the episode. We did it. Only oh, took... that was a two-hour podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so next time, continuing on the year of handhelds, we are playing a double feature of WarioWare and Rhythm Heaven, both the GBA versions. Yes. I am uh, already through both DS versions. <laughs> I'm intending to like roll and tour my way through the entire franchise. Um, Jackson doesn't have to do that. They're just going to maybe touch the DS versions, time permitting, but like do whatever they want. But like the thing with this one's weird because if you don't have access to a DS or can't emulate it or whatever, you're, you could totally just play these versions on any, like on a Switch. The Switch versions are totally fine um, and still be equipped to like talk about this because of what Rhythm Heaven and Warrior Where are. So really, whatever WarioWare and Rhythm Heaven you've got, play them, enjoy them, and we'll talk about it next month. But we're specifically focusing on the GBA versions. But it's going to end up being kind of like a franchise overview, because I've been wanting to do these particular ones for years, and now we're just going to do them. Hi, Editor's Note here. Um, I don't know what I was thinking about when I said that there's like Switch versions of both uh, WarioWare and Rhythm Heaven. WarioWare, absolutely. I don't know if it's you want, I haven't played it yet. Uh, Switch? No, absolutely not. I think this is because I'm going to blame VTubers because they keep playing Rhythm Heaven Fever, the Wii game, and I keep thinking it's like a Switch remake of that. It's not. They're playing a Wii game. So uh, your best bet for both is probably, honestly, a Hack 3DS. If you don't have that, um, emulators for GBA or run on anything, um, that would be my guess and advice is the best way to do this but um 
you know, I'm going to try to touch all of them so I can speak to any version you want. Uh, and we'll have a good time. Uh, back to the regularly scheduled end of the podcast. Yep. I, I don't have the um, Wii game and I still haven't hacked my Wii U. So like that one, I probably won't peek in on, but I might play yeah. Mega Mix. Um, I got Dolphin going right for this podcast to uh, play the Wii ones. So I don't know if I want to play the DS one because I I don't like it. So you should you should you should touch it a little bit. I have in my life. Yeah, yeah. I've I've played the DS Rhythm Heaven and my oh, wrist is I got, already I got sore. some words of the DS Rhythm Heaven. Uh, that game. Uh yeah, God. But that's what we will be doing. I think it should be a good time. It's gonna be it's gonna be a murderous row of music that episode. I'm like I don't even know how I'm gonna to try to just narrow that down to four songs. It's gonna be a nightmare. Just give it to me and I'll put it back um back and trap the entire episode. <laughs> God. <laughs> um but that's it. That's what we'll be doing. Uh look forward to that. And that's it. Jackson. Yeah, you can find me at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormapping.com. Listen to them, they're good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, and you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash normapping. $1 a month gets you a great Gundam project. We're watching Gundam Seed right now. It's been a great time, even though Gundam Seed is not a great time. Um, for $5, you get blockbusters where every month we break down a big Hollywood movie, talk about like it's, it's weird ideologies. We recently did uh, Last Samurai. We're about to do uh, Ready Player One in February. And then at $10, you get Voip Life, which is just us goofing off. We have to record again today about next one. Sorry, oh. I, had, I had to cough, so I muted myself. God, we do have to... We did not plan very well. We'll see how that goes. We don't really have another time to do it, so we're doing it after this. Yeah, but um, please look forward to Voip Life. Um, I'll be out the same day as this if you would like to just pledge and, you know, help us out. Um, otherwise, please tell your friends again. You can find this at thebestgame.club. Let people know that you enjoy abnormal mapping. The only way we get around is spreading the word of mouth. We, like, pitch it, obviously, but I don't know how people advertise podcasts. <laughs> We're bad at it, honestly. We're terrible at it! Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, like I said, just retweet pods, and uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will be back next month for Wario. Wario. <laughs>